0: Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand just a little more about how the other side thinks. Join us at the Government Contract Pricing Summit this June 20th to 22nd in beautiful San Diego. The Government Contract Pricing Summit builds understanding and trust between industry and government pricers.
1: And building that trust is one of the key missions of the Contracting Officer Podcast.
0: The GCP Summit gives you over 30 targeted breakout sessions from other acquisition professionals who are facing the same pricing and price analysis challenges as you. It's also a unique networking opportunity that you won't find at any other conference. And don't forget, you can earn up to
1: 20 continuing education credits for attending the GCP Summit. As a bonus, Contracting Officer Podcast listeners get a promo code to save an additional $200 off registration.
0: Registration closes on June 1st, and seats are limited, so head to gcpsummit.com slash podcast to get your discount code. The GCP Summit is hosted by EBS, the makers of ProPricer. We'll see you there. This is an encore presentation of one of our earliest episodes, so it's an oldie but a goodie. Today, we're talking about the difference between cost type and fixed price contracts. Let's get it started. Hey, Kevin, today we're going to talk about contract types. We're just going to cover two basic types of contracts, fixed price contracts and cost reimbursable contracts. We're not going to talk about when they're used or why they should be used or or this, the sub-genres of contracts, the different incentive types. We're not going to talk about the administration of contracts. Those are different casts. This is just a top-level overview of contract types.
1: Where did this idea come from? Yeah,
0: so, so uh, a, a junior program manager came into my office and said, Hey, my new contract is cost plus fixed fee. What does that mean? And so, so we are. spent ten minutes talking about exactly what what the difference was between the fixed price contracts he's had before and a cost reimbursable contract. And I think I think I'm probably going to repeat a lot of what I said there in the next couple minutes here. So, we usually start the cast by identifying what what zone are we talking about? What which 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 acquisition zone? Time zone. So, contract type is a zoneless concept. It, it is. It is all and none. The it, it really during the requirement zone and the market research zone, what type of contract to use is is that's that's what's being considered. Then it's final when you get to the RFP zone. That that's where the contract type is locked in. But uh, there there really is no zone for this cast. So let's get started. Firm fixed price. Firm fixed price is how. You buy almost everything in your life, right? So say you want to buy a printer. You're going to buy based on the features that, that you need, that you desire. And price is, is going to be one of the factors usually in there. And after you decide what features you need and about how much you want to pay, you just buy it. You pay the, the retailer or the vendor or whatever. You pay them a certain amount of money. They hand you a printer. Transaction complete done and you don't have any insight into how much profit the manufacturer and the retailer are actually making in the transaction nor do you care because you're comparing against different types of printers that meet your requirements so for more sophisticated buys the government this is this is what makes the government world unique the government may actually require you as as in, from the industry side to give them cost and pricing data so that they can verify not only that you're making a fair profit but that that you know how to how to meet their requirement, and that you're not going to go out of business trying to trying to deliver what you've promised to deliver at, at way way too low a price.
1: One thing that to consider in the difference between firm fixed price and cost type and all those kind of things is is risk. Who's bearing the risk? Ah, good point. So as we're talking through, like the printer, uh, a great example would be. Well, it's 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 the risk is already imbe- the risk of that price. It's already embedded into the seller. They've already decided the market has decided what the price is for that printer. So they have to deliver it at that price. The risk of delivery is on the seller because you said you're gonna sell the printer for 100 bucks, it better be 100 bucks. So firm fixed price says this is what the price is. Your risk as the, as the contractor is you're gonna deliver it at that price. And as opposed to in cost type, it's a lot of that risk shifts over to the government because there's a certain amount of cost is covered Regardless of how well you—that well, sounds bad—but yeah, realistically, the, the, regardless of how much of the contract you actually accomplish, you're going to get a certain amount of cost covered. Right. So the risk shifts over to the government. So it's right. a—that's really the fundamental difference. Yeah,
0: these. and it's a little bit different if, if you are if you're manufacturing printers, you've done risk equations and built that into the price that you uh, market these things for. It's a little different than uh, the situation where you're promising to build something for a certain price that you haven't actually built yet, whether you've built one before or whether this is the first time you build it, all the risk is on you to actually figure out how to build it and deliver it for that price. Risk, risk is a big part of it. Who bears the risk, fixed price industry bears the risk. The contractor bears the risk that they can complete and deliver whatever they're supposed to for the price that's agreed to.
1: And and, and a cost reimbursable, the definition of risk is based on contractors, best effort. It's a, I'm sure that's in a a regular. I'm sure I read that somewhere in a regulation, but that's kind of how I how I wrap my head around.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about cost reimbursable. So pure cost reimbursable contracts are unique to the government world. I've been trying to think of an example. There probably is an example of of cost pure cost reimbursable outside of the government world. I don't have one. Send me an email if you if you have one. That'll, That'll be a great add to this discussion. So your proposal in a cost reimbursable world is your best estimate. Of the cost that'll it will take you to do the job that the government needs you to do, or deliver whatever they need you to deliver. You to in order to do this, you have to be able to properly track your costs and and be able to bill your actual costs. So it's it's a more sophisticated contract type, and it's it's much more difficult for a small company to run a a, a cost reimbursable type effort just just because of the a- extra back office it takes to To be able to track the cost to the government satisfaction, and this is where the government audit agencies get involved. It, you know, we're used to DoD, right, where where you have the DCAA and DCMA Defense Contract Audit Agency, yeah, it, Defense Management Agency, yeah.
1: <laughs> we're code breakers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, to, in in order to do this cost reimbursable thing, the government needs complete insight into your books, and that's something that. You know, if you're still if you if you're working on QuickBooks or something that you know most small companies use something like that, you may not be sophisticated enough yet to to have a cost reimbursable contract, and you may not may not want to.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the comment about not wanting to. That's a that's a, something really to consider. You, technically, I think you can actually run cost type contracts off of QuickBooks, but it, you're kind of busting at the seams as far as the capability. But Get aside from the whole the, the technicalities of it, but think about what you're doing. You're essentially saying. Okay, government, I'm going to build. Let's pick something. I'm going to build a submersible. I'm going to build this this super cool you know, submarine that's never been made before. It's going to cost me fifty million dollars to do it, and the government, us taxpayers, are looking at that going, okay, why fifty million? Why not four million? Why not four hundred million? Now you hear all these stories about contract overruns, etc. So my brain says it's probably more likely four hundred million than it is forty. So you get into this discussion of okay, well, well, how exactly do we define those costs? And that's what that's what you're talking about as far as the. The cost reimbursable process has to show, if we're gonna reimburse you for these costs, we have to know they actually happened, number one. Number two, we have to know that they're actually allowable. So here's a fun exercise. Go into FAR part 32, for those of you you following along, go to uh, the FAR site, and there's a contract admin section in there, and there's a list of all kinds of stuff that's not allowable. For example, alcohol. If you have, just follow along, you'll see how how crazy this can get in, in a hurry. If you have, let's just say, you, you host a Christmas party and you get an open bar. And in that open bar, of course, there's alcohol. That alcohol is rolled up into your over, over, overhead of your company. That becomes a cost that becomes part of your cost pool. That cost pool then becomes on this government contract. Hmm, alcohol is not allowable. Okay, that's easy to fix if you've got a sophisticated accounting system. You just pull out that cost and off right. you go. So that, that's how this can get crazy in a hurry. And that's why... When somebody says, oh, it's a, it's a cost type contract, all my costs are covered. Oh, okay, <laughs> that that by itself may be true, but you've got some other stuff to deal with. Um, and give an example of a cost type, of a pure cost contract, or pure, pure cost type contract line item would be, for example, I've done it for travel. So we have a, a, a product uh, contract where they're developing some, some, some equipment, and they're going to be traveling. Well, it's easier to say, we know how many trips you're going to take, but, you know, airfare is very volatile i mean if if the trip happens to happen in december versus if you're flying to december in florida it's going to be more expensive than flying to florida
0: one of the hardest things to price the most the most volatile thing there is so so what we end up doing is
1: contracting officer may end up doing is having a contract line item line item that's cost for travel and that way you're not getting any profit on it so it's straight cost but that's an example of something that it makes sense to do Cost. yeah
0: no no risk for you no matter what it costs you'll get reimbursed for the flight
1: provided you have funding on the contract. Yeah,
0: right. That's another story. So let me get to the conversation that I had with the program manager that came to my office. And this goes in, how, how does industry make its money? So on a firm fixed price contract, if you promise to deliver a printer by a certain time, the faster you make that printer, the better deal you get on all the parts, the more money you make on it. Because if you say you're going to sell it for $100, if you estimate it's going to cost $90, but you manage to build it for $85, you're going to make $15 instead of $10 profit. And that can be a big deal. On a cost reimbursable contract, if you say it's going to cost $100 and you're expecting, if you say you're going to sell it to the government for $100, you're expecting to make, you're expecting it's going to cost you $90 to build it and that you're going to make $10. If it only costs you $85 to build it, you only get that $85. You'd still get your $10 profit if that was the amount that was agreed to, but you only get the cost that you expend. And if it costs you $95 instead of $90 to build it, the government will pay you that extra $5. You don't get a proportional amount more profit on it. You still get your $10, but the government has to pay more. The government's not good at coming up with money afterwards, so they want a very good cost estimate. But the difference is how, how do you make your money? fixed price you're incentivized to do it better to, to, to do the job faster and and less expensive because you get to keep any difference between what it costs you and what you agreed to sell it to them for cost reimbursable you don't get to keep any difference but if it costs you more than you expected to build the government covers that extra cost so you can see why fixed price for simple acquisitions great way to go cost reimbursable for simple acquisitions there's a lot of tracking involved that can add up to a lot of cost itself just to track the cost properly. So cost reimbursable, generally larger acquisitions, more sophisticated contractors. Does that make sense? And to,
1: yeah. And to, and to tie on to what you were just saying about the, the, ten, the printer with the $10 versus $15 of profit, you notice that was the risk shifting back and forth. Is the risk of delivering for $100 is totally on the contract Whereas if it under a cost type, the risk of delivering at the estimate of $95 or $100 is on the government. Because if it costs, let's say it costs $110 to make the printer, the contractor is still going to get that 10% profit. And by the way, that's actually called fee. And we're, what we're referring to in this case is a cost plus fixed fee type contract. But anyway, you get the basic idea. It's but called
0: still- fee on the government side. I don't know that industry yeah. usually calls it fee. It's, it, it, yeah, it's, it's profit. It, <laughs> yes,
1: um, we, could, we could get into the nuance of in a, in a firm fixed price contract it's it's profit but on a cost type contract it's referred to as fee
0: yeah so, absolutely
1: more often than not it's fixed yeah. um it just that's a whole, again incentive fee is a whole other discussion that we didn't, we didn't. <laughs> what the big takeaway here is understand that clearly understand where that risk is shifting so the reward for firm fixed price is profit if you save money the reward for not for the award for saving money on a cost type contract. Well, the cynical side is that you don't get any additional reward, but keep in mind, you also didn't take any additional risk. Right, right. That's, that's the difference is if the co- if it ended up costing you $110 to make that printer, you're still going to get $10 fee. Whereas think about it. If you, if you called the government under a firm fixed price contract, I can do it for a hundred bucks and it costs you 110. You just lost money. Yikes. That's a good way to go out of business. Yep. So now you see the risk shifting around. That's really what this just cast is focused
0: on that's a good way to look at it so so there's fixed price there's cost reimbursable contract type so another thing we should mention is you can actually do a, a hybrid of the two contract types where you propose say fixed prices for your time for the labor involved I will work for ten dollars an hour but actual cost for materials or travel or like like you were mentioning before so th- an example of this I hired someone to paint my house and they estimated it was gonna take a certain amount of hours to paint the house and, and we fixed that. So, regardless of the hours, the price for painting that painting was gonna be let's say five hundred dollars. The materials were cost reimbursable. They wouldn't agree to it up front because they didn't know exactly how much paint it would take. So they go to the paint store and they get a special deal on everything, but they buy drop cloths and brushes and paint. And come paint the house. Before they get done with a the room, they find out uh, they need another gallon of paint. So they go back to the paint store and buy another gallon. When it's all done, we settle up. And I pay them the fixed amount for the work, the, the time, the $500. And I also pay them $200 for the paint, which they've given me receipts of exactly how much they spent on those things, so I know. And, and we estimated it up front. It's, it's not like I didn't know the total was going to be $700 in this example. Or around seven hundred dollars, but it could have been six seventy five, could have been seven fifty, could have been a thousand. They surely would have kept me apprised of it if they were going to go that much over the estimate. But the, the point is that this is not—it's not a fixed price contract type, even though part of it's fixed, and it's not a cost reimbursable because if they took three days to paint it instead of two days, I wasn't going to pay them any more for the actual labor portion of the job.
1: And that's a great example because you can see the risk floating back and forth in, in, in your scenario. That $500 is is fixed. So if if they can finish it in 20% fewer hours, they make profit on that. So the risk is on them for that, but the risk is on you for if they totally underestimate and go, actually, it's going to take, you know, 500 gallons of paint because it's a special kind of concrete that soaks it up or, you know,
0: whatever. Right, right. They might not know that. Or if you decide you want the most expensive type of paint instead of the most basic paint, they don't care.
1: This is a great example of the creativity that goes into a contract type. You know, imagine your example for buying a, an aircraft or a software platform or a, a, a construction project or a, it picks anything the government buys. It makes sense in certain cases where you know certain parts and you don't know other parts. So imagine if we go back to the, the, the travel thing. You know you need the person to do a whole lot of work. You don't know how many trips they're going to take. So the contract is going to have how much is the salary for the person, they make you know, a certain amount per month for that's their salary and then the travel is going to be cost because it's it, it is what it is
0: yep, now t- totally variable and can be totally variable
1: now as far as the administration of that you have to you know, there's you write into the, the clauses about you have to notify the country yeah, officer has to be approved i mean there's other pieces that It isn't like it's a blank check but you, you see the how you can actually find a halfway house between the fixed price and the cost reimbursable and that risk floats around and that's Honestly, as you can tell by the way we talk about this, this is what makes this work interesting because you can do this, you can do contracts a million different ways, but just understand what your basic options are to be able to execute.
0: Just painting my house. I could agree up front to a whole price, a firm fixed price to to paint it, but you have to be very specific about exactly what type of paint you want and the contractor has to understand, like you said, whether or not that concrete wall is going to soak up two gallons of paint instead of one. So there's there's risk involved there for the contractor if they guess wrong. You you could agree purely on a cost reimbursable if the contract if the painting contractor was going to tell you exactly how much he pays his guys per hour and what his overhead is for the truck and all that kind of stuff. That'd be a mess. Or you could do some kind of hybrid where he tells you this is how much it's going to cost for the labor and you you pay the actual cost for the materials. So that shows how complex it can be just to create a contract for something as, as simple as painting a house. We don't want to get into all the different contract types. We really want to keep this cast at a top level. So before we wrap it up, we should cover one more thing that, that's obvious to us as former contracting officers, but maybe not obvious to, to industry or to, to fairly new contracting officers. So So go, Kevin.
1: So the concept of cost plus a percentage of cost is not allowable. So... And for those of you who want to follow along in the far, this is 16102C. So basically what this means is we talked about cost type versus firm fixed price. And we have cost type contracts where you get a certain amount of profit. Remember, we talked about that profit is, is usually fixed. So what this means is that you can't just have a cost contract that you get fee based on however high your costs end up being. So as a taxpayer, it's, and this is, why, this, this is why we went back and talked about it, is that as a taxpayer, it's good to know that there is no contract type that specifically allows you to just run up your costs, and then as high as your costs go is how much your profit is.
0: Right. So in so, numbers terms, hundred dollar contract that with with ten percent fee is a hundred ten dollar contract. Right. If if you overrun and you spent ten percent more in a cost plus percentage of cost arrangement, you'd get ten percent more fee. Which so you can see. All that does is incentivize industry to spend more money and increase their costs because they get more profit out of it. So it, it's 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 easy to understand why that is a bad thing, but, uh, but maybe not clear that it is actually prohibited by the fall. Okay, that's a great place to wrap up this encore presentation of the Contracting Officer Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or complaints, or an idea for a topic... Send me a note at paul at ContractingOfficerPodcast.com. Thanks for joining us.